Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Listen, this morning we are continuing our series called Unrestricted. We are walking through the book of Galatians. And if you have not uh, been able to catch up with us, I would love for you guys to go back to our website, get caught up. This morning we are going to be digging in Galatians chapter 4. We've already done 1, 2, and 3. You do not want to miss uh, the walk through the journey through this book together. And uh, last week, man, it was incredible because last week Pastor Greg uh, taught from Galatians chapter 3 and we looked at the essentials of salvation, which is so important to what we're going to be discussing today. I hope you have caught the, the theme of this morning, especially with worship, because we're going to look at what it looks like to be an heir, to be a son, to be a daughter of the Father. And those essentials to salvation are very, very simple. Faith, repentance, and commitment. And when you have those three things, what is next? Well, you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a follower of Jesus. You have that heir, you have that son, you have that daughter title. And this morning, as we dig into Galatians chapter four, we're gonna look at seven verses, the first seven verses this morning. And and that's really where we're gonna hang out. That's where we're gonna camp out. And and I want you to, to really get this picture of what Paul is trying to explain to us this morning. As we look, I got a question for you. Would you prefer to be a slave or would you prefer to be a child? It's a very interesting question, I know, to start off with. Or think about it this way, a wife longs to be loved uh, as a desired bride, not a maid. A little son, a little daughter uh, would rather rest their head on daddy's chest than be parentless. Why are we talking about that? Why are we looking at it that way? Well, this is what we see in these seven verses. This is the parallel that we see because I want you to understand that one of the greatest things about being a follower of Jesus is that we are not an orphan, we're not a slave, we're not a maid. We are actually adopted as sons and daughters. And in Galatians chapter 4, Paul is, is starting off by contrasting a believer's life before salvation and their life after Why does he do that? Well, he uses the analogy of a child's coming of age, a child, an heir. It's under a guardian. It's under a a servant. And there's basically no different than a slave. And I think it's very interesting that we catch this because in biblical times, I want you to get this, in biblical times where we see this, we see how a son is often treated as a slave until they've reached an age of maturity. In Roman culture, once a son has reached the age that the father has chosen, they're formally adopted and acknowledged as a son by the father. Now, when you think of sons and daughters and you think of an heir, you think of inheritance, what I have right now will be my children's when I'm gone. They don't have to wait for it. I'm not making them earn it. I'm not making them, you know, chase after it. They know that when it is, when, when the deed is done, okay, uh, what I have in, in the will will go to my children. It's not, if it happens at one year old, it's one year old. If it happens at 20, happens at 20. If it happens when they're a hundred, I'm a lot older than that. Praise the Lord. They can have it then. I mean, it's, it is not something that they have to wait on. Now this might sound weird to us because when you look at this, once the son has reached that age and they're adopted by the father, they, they have now, and it's set by age of the, of the father. So it could, it could be 15, 
It could be 18. It could be 30. It could be of age of their maturity. What I want you to understand this morning as you look at this, for the Israelites, the inheritance was promised during the covenant with Abraham, but Israel lived in a time before this promise was ever realized. They were living for a promise that was coming that has not come yet, and yet nothing stopped them from living that. Now, for us, we don't have to worry about that. Jesus has come. The promise has been fulfilled. Jesus changed all of that. We don't have to sit here and wait on a promise. We have the promise. And Paul is telling us that we were once slaves under the law, but Jesus freed us and adopted us into his family. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4 this morning. If you got your Bibles, you can open there. If you got your electronic devices, the words are going to be on the screen as well. Let's look at Galatians 4, starting in verse 1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father has set. And that's the way that it was with uh, us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for those who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. I love the analogy here where Paul is led. He's taking us on a journey where slaves are becoming sons. He's taking us on a journey where we are about to receive freedom because of the adoption that God has done. And not only do we legally get adopted into God's family, we get to experience of having the perfect father from the inside out. There's a change, a transformation from the inside out based off of us having access to Jesus, having access to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit not only dwells inside of us, but it gives us this desire to call out to God as Abba, Father. Now, this is very key. I want us to get this before we go any further because think about it this way. Remember when you had children and they were young and they were little and they didn't talk and how quiet the house was, right? You remember that? Do you remember when they started talking and it was all gibberish and you said, they said daddy first, right? Dads, we always claim the gibberish as they said dad. I mean, think about how, how many of you in the room that have children, they said mommy first. Anybody say mommy first? More in this room than there was in first service. How about daddy? All right. How about gibberish? Yes, it was daddy. Okay. But do you remember when they said your name? Think about this. When they said daddy or they said mommy in that moment, they are realizing who you are. See, when, when, I, when I was teaching them their name, you know, we, we all do the, I mean, I'm not the only one in this room, but it went a little something like this, like, especially with my oldest, hey, Drew, how you doing, buddy? You do, like, y'all look at me like I'm crazy, but y'all know y'all did the same thing, all right? You, you're teaching them, like, they are getting your face. You are saying their name, which is letting them know that you know them. The moment they say mommy, the moment they say daddy, they are letting you know that you, they know you. When we're able to cry out to Abba Father, we already know that our Father knows who we are and it is our opportunity to cry out to him saying, God, I know who you are. I know you because you know me. And that's why this is so important as we, as we take a journey this morning and we look at what it truly means to be heirs, sons and daughters 
of God. So what does this look like? Let's look at a couple things. I'm going to give you a couple things this morning. The first one is this. Before we have Jesus, we are no different from slaves being trapped by our own sin. Before we have Jesus, we are no different from slaves being trapped by our own sin. Look at verse one. He says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father has set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. So I got a question for you. As, as we look at this, you know, before Jesus, yes, we are trapped. We are enslaved by all these things. But think about it this way. How many of you have ever wanted to be a child again? I, mm-hmm, see, you're, how many, think about it this way. The carefree, I go out when the sun comes up, I come in when the sun goes down. I have nothing to worry about in this world. How many of you have ever longed to be a child again? I mean, that's why having kids are so great. I can play with Legos and I don't feel bad about it right? I can, I can go, there, there's things, but have you thought about this? I mean, there's no bills to pay and all God's people said, wow. Like there's, there's no, the, who made going to the grocery store so hard? Like, think about it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? There were, there were these things that as a kid, you live a carefree life. You don't have to put gas in the car. You don't have to put air in the tires. You don't have to change the oil. Like there's so many different things that you didn't have to do. All you had to do was just be free. How many of us long to be a kid again? And, and those of you who are children in this room, let me tell you something. I want, I want to break your heart real quick. The bills are coming. You can't outrun them. You can't get away from them. They're coming. Like adulthood shows up unexpectedly. That's why we always would love to be a kid again. And when you look at this, this is exactly how the Galatians felt. They felt the same way too. They, they longed to return to the spiritual childhood of all the do's and don'ts. You can do this, but don't do this. They wanted to go back to that and because what, the older you get, you got to make your own decisions. You got to make your own choices. And I want you to think about this. If you find that attractive also, then maybe you've forgotten something. Think about all the things that we couldn't do as children. Yeah, I want to be a kid again, but man, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do, think about all the things that you couldn't do. It's, it's a very interesting thought process. I couldn't go to a game. I couldn't go out to dinner. I couldn't go do what I want, when I want, how I want, because mommy and daddy said yes or mom and daddy said no. There are a lot of things that you couldn't do. And when you step back and you think about this, yeah, going to be a child again would be fun, but man, look at what you, there's things that you would miss on both sides of this. So you see in, in, the, in the Roman society, no matter how wealthy a father might be, his, his infant son could not enjoy the wealth, could not enjoy children of a wealthy family were cared for by their slaves, by their servants. No matter who the father was, the child was still under the supervision of the caretaker, of the servant, of the one who was Taking, and, and, and what's crazy about this is, in fact, when you sit back and you look at this, the child had about as much status as the slave who cared for them did. So you have to wait. I want you to hear that. Yeah, before Jesus, we were enslaved. We, we were bonded by our, our sin before Jesus. Before a kid comes of age, they did not have what was theirs. A king 
could choose, yes, my son can be an heir when he's 21 years old. So for 21 years, he's been taking care. There is no father-son relationship there because he is being cared for and raised by the servant. But when he becomes of age, he can come into the father's room. He can come into the opportunity of being known as the father, known as the son. Kind of interesting how today we can look at Jesus in a totally different way because thank God that he changed all of that for us. So think about this. When it gets to points like this, we need to understand that let God be the first one that we run to. Let God be the first one that we run to because God is fighting our battles. He is arranging things in our favor. He's making a way even when we don't see that way, just as, as crazy as it sounds, the, the, the king was making a way. He had a plan for his son to become an heir. Well, God's plan for us to be an heir was very simple. I'm going to send my son. He's going to take care of everything. There's going to be a sacrifice there. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be holy. It's going to be pleasing. So when you step back, yes, before Jesus, we are no different from slaves being trapped in our sin, being caught up in all the chaos. So what happens next? What does that look like? Well, thankfully for Jesus. So what did he do? He redeemed us from slavery. When Jesus redeemed us, he made us sons and daughters. So yes, before Jesus, we are no different from slaves trapped in our sin. Second point is this. So what did God do? He made it clear. He redeemed us from slavery. And when Jesus redeems us, he makes us sons and daughters. I want to kind of hang here for a minute. I want you to look and see what it says in verse four. It says, but when the right time came. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. This is why I'm about to get a little excited, okay? I'm going to get a little excited. You just got to hold on because it's going to be good, all right? But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Now, I don't know about you. When I read things in scripture, sometimes there's these things that just kind of pops off the page and it kind of stays in the heart. It's like, man, it's like, I, I want to remember that. That's a, that's a but God moment. What I love here, Paul is making it very clear. When the right time came, when the right time came, there's an idea behind this phrase. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever answers you're looking for, when the right time comes, go back. What does it say in scripture? When the right time came, God sent his son. He was not too soon. He was not too late. He was just on time. A lot of times we sit back, God, where are you? God is there. He's working behind the scenes. Do not forget the behind the scenes part of what he's doing in front. It's kind of like we all like to watch the movie, right? How many of you like to watch movies? We love movies and, or we'll lo we love TV. We'll sit there, we'll watch TV. We don't see what it takes to make the movie. We just like the final product. Don't sit there and try to go after the final product when God is still working behind the scenes so you can have what you need. Behind the scenes is just as important as the finished product. It says right here, God came at the right time for, his God, for God's redemptive plan. When the world was perfectly prepared for God's work, he was not too soon. He was not too late. Right now in your life, God is not going to be too soon. He's not going to be too late. He's going to be just on 
time. And for some of us, that's really hard to understand. It's hard to understand because we, we want now. God doesn't want you to have now. He doesn't want you to have later. God wants you to have right on time. His perfect plan, his perfect will. This is important. When Jesus came, it's like the gospel lifted the curfew. Anybody ever had a curfew before? Let's, let's have some fun real quick. How many of your curfew was like eight o'clock at night? Anybody have an eight o'clock curfew? Okay, good. All right, we're starting off right. What about nine? Anybody have a nine o'clock curfew? Okay, all right. 10 o'clock curfew? 11 o'clock curfew? Anybody have midnight? Man, I want to talk to your mom and daddy. Like, how did that happen? How did that happen? It was funny. When, when I got a curfew set on me, it started here. Like, you can have 10 o'clock. I broke it one time. It went down to 930. Where's grace at? Like, what are you doing? Then, then I'd break that one. Instead of, you know, eventually I get it back up to 10. Like, all right, 10 o'clock's your curfew. Sweet. I broke it. Nine o'clock. I'm like, wait a minute. You went back to 930. Now you, what are you doing? Like, the, the, I'll, and I'll never forget when curfew was lifted when I moved out. Like, I, I had curfew. Why y'all laughing? You feel my pain, don't you? Curfew was lifted when I had been, Train. Here's why I say that. What, what, is, what does that look like? The law had served its tutorial purpose here. The law, the gospel comes, Jesus changes everything. They've been living by the law. Now they know who Jesus is. They live by the gospel. So the law has been lifted. It served its purpose. It's kind of like when a teenager becomes a trusted adult. Yeah, I laugh too. There's this thing that uh, a teenager can get called a permit. Anybody ever experienced a permit before? All right, there's this thing called a permit. And they feel like they can drive, but they can drive with an adult in the car. So as I said in first service, I reminded my son, yes, we're going through this right now. He has his permit, but he is being trained how to drive by his father. All right, push the gas, okay? Hit the brake, turn your turn. It's so funny, like the driving part's not stressful, but I'm stressful. I don't understand that. How, how am I the one that's, I'm teaching you how to drive. But then they get their license. And all of a sudden, they don't have to have an adult in the car. I remember when I got my license, I come walking out, I'm like, Mama, I'm taking you home. I'll see you later. Be home by eight. Like, well, I thought it was 10, right? You know, I mean, you kind of get the picture here, right? Because we've been trained. We've been trained to go to speed limit. We've been trained to make sure you don't go through a yellow because you go through training when you're learning how to drive. Think about this. Remember when you got your first credit card? The, the, the word there was swipe. Like, I remember, you know, when you get a debit card, you know, back when I had a bank account, it wasn't a debit card, it was called checks, okay? And checks bounce, right? You know what I'm talking about? But when you, when you get that debit card, you know that you can't use it because there's money, and when you use it, the money goes away. Well, a credit card, there's money in the cloud, why are you laughing? Even though the cloud is not there, right? It's, nobody tells you, you got to pay it back. So you just, oh, I got a credit card. I can go, to, I've got a limit. That's my limit. Sweet. Swipe, swipe, swipe. And all of a sudden you get this bill in the mail and everything you swipe, you got to pay back and some. Wasn't trained how to swipe. When they train you, they say, Swipe when you know you can pay it back immediately. Don't just swipe and keep swiping. So we get, we get trained on these certain things, but what we forget to understand sometimes is there's consequences to our decisions. 
if I'm learning how to drive and I go over the speed limit and I get pulled over, am I guilty? Yes, I'm guilty because I broke my training. If I go and I swipe that credit card and I, don't, I swipe too much and I, don't, I can't pay it back, then I have failed at my training. There's consequences to my actions. There's consequences to my decisions. And when you, when you look at this, you have the opportunity to make these decisions because you've been trained. You've been taught. But wait a minute here. Just as I get my license, I'll drive and go crazy, or I get that credit card and I swipe like crazy. When I accept Jesus and I become a son or daughter, this freedom in Christ is not a license for me to go act wild. This freedom is not for me to go make all these, oh, he'll forgive me anyways. No, we can't just go and live a life of sin. We can't just go and, and, and say, I'm gonna do what I want, when I want, how I want. It doesn't work that way. This freedom is to act like a mature believer who lives to please and glorify his or her savior. He redeems us, he calls us a son, he calls us a daughter, but it does not mean we can go live like we want to. And with that being said, I'm gonna give you a little cliffhanger here. Pastor Greg's gonna come next week. He's gonna talk a little bit more about this. You don't wanna miss it when we look at the freedom in Jesus because there's gonna be more details. Don't miss out on that. So cliffhanger, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to keep moving because I want you to understand this morning what it looks like to be redeemed. Because when, it says in Scripture, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, Jesus, to the earth to die for our sins. That's how we're able to have salvation. That's how faith, repentance, commitment. We're able to go back and go to those essentials. It was no accident. It was an appointment. A lot of times things happen in our life and we look at it as an accident, but God is actually getting our attention. It was not an accident. It was by appointment because it was on time. It was not too soon. It was not too late. Look here. Paul is, is telling us very clear in verse five, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so he could adopt us as his very own children. What is Paul saying? Paul is telling us right now who came, how he came and why he came all in one sentence. Who came, how he came, and why he came. Who came? Jesus. Why? You. You. See, he came to redeem us, and, and the word redeem here means to buy back or to set free by paying the price. God sent his son to pay the price so that we could be set free. The true son of God died in our place, and it allows us to be adopted by children. So, yes, before Jesus... We're trapped by our sin. Because of that, he has redeemed us. We've been made sons or daughters. What does is, what is all this look like? Well, look at point three. Because of all of this, because of all of this, we are now adopted children of God. Adopted children of God. Verse five, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. An heir. Ah, what a beautiful progression here. What a beautiful journey that Paul has taken us on for us to understand. Yes, before Jesus, we are enslaved to sin. We've got things that are holding us back. We've got things that are taking us in. We don't know where to turn. We don't know how to get out of what we're going into. But because of Jesus, but God, we are able to be free, 
to be set free. And when we're set free from that, we're able to, to be declared children of God and adopted into his family. And as children, we are made his heirs. That's grace right there in a, in a, in a big picture format. And think, think about this. View it this way. The gift of adoption comes, becomes ours not through being born, but through being born again. Adoption into the family of God is a gift, a gift of grace. It's not a natural, but a supernatural work from God. Adoption is very nature and active, free kindness to the person who is adopted. One thing that I have discovered about here in this church is how we have a, a culture of adoption. We have many people who have adopted children into their homes. And, and I love watching this process because if you become a father by adopting a child, you do so because you choose to, not because you're bound to. You choose to. You didn't have to. And, and, I, and I love watching how, you know, they bring them into their family. They become their family. Then that last name changes. And now they're one of them because they were born again into this family because they chose to, not because they were bound to. I remember when, when, I, was, when I was born, my parents named me X, Y, and Z. Y'all thought I was going to tell you my full name. That's only when I get in trouble. Uh, but they gave me my name. They gave me my name. And my last name was Hammett, so I became a Hammett. When my children were born, they became Hammets. But what I love about God's grace and I love about who he is is the world had a name on me. The world called me several different things because, see, before Jesus, you don't know this guy. There's this, there's, that's part of our story. It's called the BC story, before Christ. You don't know this guy. And I don't know you before Jesus. I wasn't, I wasn't around when, when you gave your life for some of you. So I don't know your story beforehand, but I know who you are now. I know what God calls you now. See, before Christ, the world had names on me like crazy. Once Jesus came in and adopted me as his son, I became a child of the king. My name changed. Shame off me. My name changed because he said, you are mine. You are my child. You are my son. And when you give your life to Jesus and you become a follower and he, he adopts you into his family, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're an heir, guess what? He is changing your name. You, the world would say this about you, but God says, mm, 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 mm. that's my son. That's my daughter. You are who I say you are. You step back and you look into this. God adopts us because he chooses to. And here's where I want us to camp for a second, because I want, I think there's something that we forget sometimes. I think there's something that we forget when, when God comes into our life and, and we give our life to him and we follow him. I think we forget that we have access to something far greater and far more important than we could ever imagine. We have access to Jesus. This morning, you have access to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. What does that access mean? What does that look like? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of things that you have access to. You have access to his love. You have access to his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his peace, his hope. You also have access to his discipline. Yeah, a father disciplines his children, Right? Think about it. What does discipline do for us? It keeps us out of the trap that we can fall back into. 
He disciplines you because he loves you. A lot of times there's been times in my life, and I know in your life as well, where God has, there's been moments where God has gotten my attention. That's discipline moments because I may be going, I might be on track to go this way, but God says, no, let me show you the right way. And I go this way. Listen, discipline is not a bad thing. Discipline makes you better. So we have access to his hope. We have access to trust. We have access to who he is. Why? Because he loved us. He redeemed us. He forgave us. We are his sons. We are his daughters. He gave himself so that he could be our father. So from the very beginning, our new position of an adopted child gives us privileges and things that we never could imagine. Here's why I want you to understand. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience what God has for me now. It says in Scripture, when when Jesus teaches us how to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to see his glory. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience who he really is. He wants me to experience that now because I have access. I'm not waiting to get of age. He's just waiting on me to call him daddy. And how can we see God? Listen. Thursday morning, I was way up earlier than I should have been. I'm not a morning person. And all God's people said, if you're a morning person, God bless you. The older I get, the more I'm getting there, but I'm still not there. But I was up early and I I was seeing all these posts of the beautiful sunrise that was taking place on Thursday morning. Anybody else see that? It was gorgeous. But guess what? I hate to tell you, your pictures didn't work. I saw it with my own eyes. No picture could capture the beauty of it. No picture, no picture, no filter. You couldn't make it look. I mean, I'm just standing there. I'm like, man, that's gorgeous. And then all of a sudden we start driving around and now the leaves are changing. That's beautiful. The leaves, man, seeing God's like, he's just paintbrushing like crazy until they fall off the trees. I don't like that part. But right now it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. When I see my kids, I see the evidence of who God is. Just as God chose me, God chose me to be their daddy. And when they look at me and they say, daddy, there's beauty in that. In here, in worship, both services, I've stood up there and I've cried my eyes out this morning just because it's just, it's just beautiful. See, I don't have to. Now, when I get to heaven, oh, it's going to be like, it's going to be like what we experience now on steroids. Like, woohoo, here we go. Like, it's going to be incredible but I don't want to miss out on what I can experience here because I have access to the Father. You have access to the Father. The choice, the decision is, are you going to choose that access or not? I choose everything I can to see. See, the world don't see what we see. The world sees through these tainted glasses. We see through this clear picture of Jesus. Jesus is why we can see what we see. Jesus is why we can see the access that we have. We don't have to wait The moment you accept Jesus into your life, you have access right then, right there to the Father. That's why it says in verse 7, I mean, closeness and affection and generosity is the heart of God. To be right with God as our judge, get this, y'all, to be right with God as our judge is a great thing because God's going to judge you. Being right with him, that's a great thing. But to be loved and cared for by God as our Father, that is greater than anything in this world. To be loved and cared for by, by God as our father. Because you know what they say about a dad. He's got the right intentions in mind. The right things in mind. I use this statement with my kids now and it's like, oh gosh, what am I becoming? 
And I look at them, I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. I got the right intentions for you. Just trust me, move on and understand. And they look at me and just as we were responding, you know what they say? Yeah, right. I'm like, I know I'm right. Thank you for acknowledging that. Appreciate it, right? Because I want what's best. Jesus is not going to be, God is not going to be too soon. He's not going to be too late. He's going to be right on time because he knows what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. Hold on to that. You might not always feel strong, but God is always strong. You might not always feel like standing, but God's going to stand with you. He's going to give you the strength that you need. And he wants you to understand that no matter where you are, not only have I got your back, but I've got your front because I went before you. I prepared the way for you. I know what's best. Verse 7. I love how it says, now you are no longer a slave, but you're God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. If you believe in Jesus and and you're a follower, you are a son, you are a daughter, you have access. And this contrast between a child and a slave that Paul is trying to get us to, I want you to see a couple of things of what a child sees and what a slave sees. Get this, because of access, a child has a father whereas a slave has a master. A child shares the same nature as its father. A child will call its father daddy. A slave will call its master sir. A child obeys out of love. The slave obeys out of fear. A child is the heir. A slave has no inheritance at all. God saw what you were enslaved into. He made a way and he calls you son and he calls you daughter. So what, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, what, whatever that sin's holding you back, when you're a follower of Jesus and, and you're a son, you're a daughter, those things can't hold you down because you're an heir. You have access to forgiveness. You have access to grace. You have access to love, peace, hope, mercy, Jesus. You have access to Jesus. And I don't want us to miss that no more. It's one thing to call yourself a Christian. It's one thing to call yourself a follower of Christ. It's another thing. Guess what? I am a son of the King. Jesus is my father. Ha! And with that being said, did did you know that, that God longs to guide you, to protect you? To, to, to comfort you, to direct you, to love you, to be a father to you, to be a friend to you, to be everything that you lack here on earth. And why? Because you have access to the very thing that loves you more than anything in this world. Jesus. And what I love about that love is it comes with no strings attached. I'll love you if, nah, I love you. I love you. It. I love you. I already sent my son for you. I love. No. See, love is not something that God does. Love is who he is. It's who he is. And if you haven't experienced that love, if you haven't had the faith to repent, to commit, and you, you, don't, you don't understand the, the father-son, father-daughter relationship. Because it's not, it's not about how much you know. It's about who you know. And I know him, and he knows me. 
With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you would, just bow your head, close your eyes for a minute. I'll switch it up a little bit this morning. If you're in this room and, and you're like, you know what, Pastor, I, I am a son. I am a daughter. I know that God has changed me from the inside out. And I know if God called me home today, eternity is said, I'm going to heaven. I have a relationship with him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You know without a shadow of a doubt, that's you. Just raise your hand. Hands down. Church, look at me real quick. Not every hand went up. That means somebody's missing what you got. And you don't have, I'm going to be honest with you, if you walked in here empty, you can walk out full. If you walked, out, walked in lost, you can walk out found. You don't have to leave this room today the same way that you did when you came in. And I'm going to give you a chance for God to adopt you as his own child right now. If you want to give your life to Jesus, heads bowed, eyes closed, just pray a prayer like this in your heart right now. If you want to, if you want to become a son or a daughter of the king this morning, just pray this. Father God, I come to you right now. God, I admit that I've messed up and I've sinned. I've made those mistakes, but that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. Right here, right now, I believe that you came, you lived, you died, and you live again for me. And Father, in this moment, I confess more than anything, that I need you now to come into my life, to take control, to call me son, call me daughter, and I will call you father. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I just wanna pray specifically for you. If you're in this room, if you're watching online, let us know as well. If you gave your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand? Raise your hand real quick. I wanna pray for you specifically. Not gonna embarrass you, I see you, amen. I see you. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Let, let's pray for these people. Father God, thank you so much for the ones who raised their hands this morning. God, thank you for the ones who are, are dealing on the inside right now, God, as you are calling them out to be your child. Lord, I praise you for that. God, love them, protect them, cover them, let them know that their church is here for them. And it's your name we pray.